want to step into the heaviness and the realness of the spirit. Lord, there's people in this room. There's individuals in this room that are. Lord, you're going to war for them. Every single day you're going to war for us, for me. And you want for us so bad to simply just reach out for your hand. There's times where we willfully say no. Lord, and we, re- we repent of that this morning. You are reaching for us and we simply look at your hand and we say, we don't want it. And Lord, we don't want to be that people. We don't want to be that, that body that, that simply denies you. We don't want to deny you this morning. We want to do as it says in Luke 9, 23, but, and deny ourselves. Pick up our cross and follow you daily. But Lord, you are passionately coming after us this morning. And I pray that we feel that. I pray that we see that. I pray that we don't step back from that. It's so evident. We need you. You want to do healing this morning. You want your children to be healthy. No more addiction. No more being held down by things. No more saying yes to sin. No more saying yes to death. Lord, we say yes to life this morning. We invite healing this morning. We need you this morning, Heavenly Father. I pray that at some point, if, if we have to get on our knees in the middle of the sermon, that we do that. If we have to raise our hand and our voice in the middle of, of driving down the street, uh, the supermarket, it doesn't matter what it is, Heavenly Father. I pray that we don't, that we're not afraid of, of proclaiming uh, the name of Jesus. Following after the God that we serve, Heavenly Father, you are so powerful. And I just pray that we don't step back from that. Today, something's going to change. Today, something is going to be different. It already is. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We need you this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I apologize for being a blubbering fool. But ladies and gentlemen, there, the Lord is in the room. And when that happens, you can't simply just be quiet. You can't just sit and listen without responding. And you know, I was thinking about this this morning that I love worship. I love prayer. I love uh, times when we have worship nights, we have prayer services. Um, do we have any tissues back there? So you guys don't listen to me the whole day. <laughs> um, but if, if those worship times and prayer times don't move us to go do something, if you don't get up after praying and go do the very thing that you're praying about, what's the point? If thank you, if a worship service doesn't cause you to want to go out in the streets and, and witness and share the gospel, then all we're doing is we're we're hunkering down, as Beck would say. Uh, and I just let's not be that, amen. Let's not be that. Sorry, that was probably gross. But 
This morning, um, you see this title, it says there's the power in agreement. And I'm going to do the best I can to get through this. Um, Simply because I come from a, I I stand in in the position of being able to look at each one of you guys. And the Lord is continuing to break my heart for his body, for his church, for his people. And what that is causing me to do is to to see not only the good parts, how much he loves you, but also I'm, I'm privileged to have the viewpoint of how serious the enemy is about coming after you. Like that's a real thing. And if we don't, if we're not real with that this morning, or at any point in your life, um, we're going to continue to die. I'm going to do the best I can this morning to use real language with you. I'm not going to fluff it up. I'm not going to try to say, hey, this is not what I'm saying. I'm just going to come out and say it this morning. I love you guys, I do. But at some point, we got to stop playing. We got to stop playing because your life is at stake. Do you realize that? Do you realize that? I want so much for you to not be, my goodness, wrapped up by these chains that cause you to not be yourself, cause you to step into death, dying, not being able to get across that, that threshold. There are things that we do. That we willfully choose that. What's wrong with that picture? The reason why I'm somewhat emotional this morning is because I see us doing that, but I see myself doing that too. And I have a, uh, I have to be careful with this position. Because I want to love you, but I got to be honest with you. And at the same time, I got to practice what I preach. (laughs) Amen? So that when we go outside of these walls, we can do the same thing. Well... Let me read our text for today. It's Nehemiah 1, 6b, the the next part of uh, verse 6, and then verse 7. And originally, not originally, but previously, I had brought to you guys this acronym of ACTS, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to uh, the way in which we approach the throne, it's you know, if you if you don't know where to start, adoration, uh, respecting the Lord, giving Him His due, uh, is a good place to start. I've said to you plenty of times that if we get up underneath those four words, um, it's really your heart towards the Lord, and do you fear Him um, when it comes to adoration, when it comes to confession, thanksgiving, and supplication? Well, we spent some time looking at adoration the last two weeks. Well, now Nehemiah jumps into confessing. And I don't think we really understand. I know that I've, the Lord has had to get me to a place where I really understand what that word means. What confessing is. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at that word today. Um, and the title of this message being The Power in Agreement. 
is directly connected to the definition in the Greek of this word confession. Last week we talked about Nehemiah petitioning for the gaze of the Lord. We looked at Psalms 34.15, which said the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous. Now, the Greek definition or interpretation of the word righteous is divine approval. So what it's saying is that the Lord's eyes can only look at that which he approves. Now, Nehemiah was saying, Lord, I need you to approve my situation. I need your divine approval. So if the Lord cannot look on sin, that means that we got to be real with it. That means we have to confess it. That means that we cannot beat around the bush. We cannot rationalize it away. And it's something that if you don't square up and look it in the face, then it will run your life. Now, again, sitting up here and, you know, you might start getting squirmy, might get a little bit uncomfortable today. Good. I'm glad. I hope this makes you uncomfortable because on the other side of it is power. On the other side of it is an addiction being broken. And you having a testimony, going and telling the people in your social environment, this is what God did to me. Why? Because I was real with the crap in my life. And I didn't try to rationalize it away anymore. I didn't try to pad it with all of this stuff. Now, again, I'm going to keep telling you, I love you to death. I do. But I got to bring this one today. If we're going to look at the, the Greek translation of the word righteous, I wanted to do the same thing with this word confession. So the back half of this verse, let me just read the whole thing. Last week, it was, let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant, which I am praying before you now, day and night. On behalf of the sons of Israel, here's the text for today. On behalf of the sons of Israel... Your servants, confessing the sins of the sons of Israel, which we have sinned against you. And I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Nehemiah 1, 6 and 7. So if we look at the Greek translation of this word, confession. The word is homo lego, homo meaning together, same, and lego meaning, meaning to speak or to say or to speak to a conclusion. So basically in confession, when it says confessing the sins, what you're doing is you are saying the same thing to God, agreeing with the Lord about what he thinks sin is. When I confess my sins, what Nehemiah is doing is he's confessing the sins of the sons of Israel saying, Lord, I agree with you that these people are sinful. Okay? Then what does he say? After that, confessing the sins of the sons of Israel, which, and then he uses this word, we. If you know anything about Nehemiah, if you've been here for the past six weeks, We've looked at who Nehemiah is and where he comes from. The fact that this man has no tie to Jerusalem, um, except the fact that his father was buried there. 
He hasn't seen it at all. We're still in a place where he's still praying. He's not even there yet. So this man, this man's heart is breaking for a place he's never seen. It's in, it's in shambles. It's in, uh, it's destroyed. What he's doing is he's confessing and he's throwing himself in the pot with these people. These people that he's never seen before. We're going to come back to that. But I just want you to understand. I want you to see that before we go forward. He says, which we have sinned against you and I and my father's house have sinned. I'm going to stop right there before we go to the next verse. Again, yes, to confess your sins means to say the same thing that God says about sin, to agree with him, to agree with the father on sin. Now, what I have tried to do over the past three or four weeks with you guys in opening up these scriptures is if you've seen how Nehemiah is praying, the man prays from the promise and not the rubble. That's, that's something that I brought maybe three weeks ago. There's two different sides. There's, there's two ways you can see things. You can see things from the promise, from his scripture, or you can see it from the severity of your circumstance. You can see it from how crappy things are. You can see it from, oh, poor, pitiful me. Or you can see it from Genesis to Revelation and all that he says. Nehemiah prays that way. So there's this distinction between the right way to do it and the wrong way to do it. See, when it comes to agreement with the Lord, here's the part that is getting me somewhat emotional about the church, me included. We're very good, very good at agreeing with the Lord on how destructive sin is. We are. Lord, I have just been so bad. This is destroying my life. I know that it's something that I need to get over. It's destroying my family, relationships. We're really good with feeling bad about it. I can agree with God on how crappy sin is all day long. I can do that. But there's no power in that. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no power in that. I'm going to show you in Scripture why. You don't have to believe me. Just believe Genesis to Revelation. There's no power in feeling bad about it. But we're really good at agreeing with that part of it. Man, there are times when I feel guilty after something happens. And I spend time agreeing with the Lord on how crappy it is. And then what do I do? I beat myself up. All day long. I know nobody in here has ever done that, right? <laughs> All day long. You pin yourself against the wall and you literally start taking shots. You pull a gun out and you stick it right in your face. That's what you do to yourself. You beat yourself up to the point where you degrade yourself. Stop it. You are worth so much more than that. Stop doing that to yourself. There's no power in it. There's no power. Now there is a... There is something to be said about being real with your sin. Yes. But what I'm saying is that when it comes to this, you can't have one without the other. You can't agree with God on how crappy sin is without agreeing with him on something different. That I want to show you in scripture 
I don't want to just stand up here and talk. I want to read from the word. So let, let's turn to First um, John 1. First John 1. We're going to read 5 through 10. And I don't know if I gave you guys that cross-reference to put up there. Yes. Right on. Now, here's here's the what agreeing with the Lord does with us. Excuse me, agreeing with the crappy side of of sin. This is this is the the result of this, and and we're getting called out in this in this scripture right here. It produces this sorrow, and it says, "This is the message we have heard from Him." And announce to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess, if we agree with God on our sin, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Man. You got to be real with yourself this morning, church. To to get into the habit of rationalizing your sin and saying, you know what, it's not that bad. What you do is you slap God in the face. You're saying that what He did on the cross wasn't enough. That He overpaid for what He's getting in return. I just got to be real with you this morning. I rationalize away my stuff all day long sometimes. <laughs> and then the Lord's like, look, buddy, I need you to look at this from the perspective that I'm looking at it. Don't not confess it for or in fear of feeling bad. Oh, I just don't want to feel bad, so I'm not going to say anything about it. Okay? That doesn't negate the fact that it's there. Okay? This is, this is what Scripture is saying. I'm telling, I'm telling you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, be real with yourself. Because who are you trying to kid? Honestly, ask yourself that question. Who are you trying to look good for? Because I can put on, you know, sometimes I can be real good at it in, in certain situations. But the Lord sees everything. Colossians three twenty three and 24 speaks about not doing anything for man, but doing it simply for the Lord. That's it. So when you walk into any, any situation, any circumstance... Are you, are you there, like we talked about last week, looking for man's approval or divine approval? When you look for divine approval, it causes you to understand that he's looking at everything that you do. Everything. So that means i got to be real with what I'm doing. Are you guys with me? 
So far on that. Take this gum out of my mouth because that probably sounds weird. And like I was saying early, earlier, although agreeing with this side of it is just one side of the story. But there's another side that I want to take us over to 2 Corinthians. Yeah, I want to take us to 2 Corinthians 7. And we're going to read about the other side of sorrow and how there's a product of true repentance. Okay. We looked at that word sorrow. Coming to a place where we understand that just feeling bad about something, ladies and gentlemen, is not going to get you anywhere. There's no power in it. Okay, so where's the power? Where is it? Where is the power? All right. Second Corinthians 7, 9 through 11. It says, I now rejoice. Not that you were made sorrowful. I might want to back up here. I'm going to read verse 8 and then I'm going to jump up here. It says, for though I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, for I see that the letter caused you sorrow, though only for a while. Now, if I'm correct, this is Paul writing a letter to the Corinthians. And they're convicted by his letter. And he says, I now rejoice. Not that you were made sorrowful, but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance. For you were made sorrowful according to the will of God so that you may not suffer. You might not suffer loss in anything through us. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret. Leading somewhere. Leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. Hear those words. Hear them. Listen to them. Again, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to believe me. You don't. But if that's what it says in the word of God, my goodness. Maybe we need to go back to the authority of scripture in our lives. The authority of Scripture needs to take over everything. What do, I, what do I do? Go back to Scripture. How do I handle this? Go back to Scripture. My emotions are all over the place. What do I, go back to Scripture. Verse 11 says, For behold what earnestness this very thing, this godly sorrow, has produced in you. What vindication of yourselves what indignation what fear what longing what zeal what avenging of wrong in everything you demonstrated yourselves to be innocent in the matter i want to be vindicated there are times there are things that happen in my life i want revenge or excuse me things to be avenged but here's what i'm saying 
when it comes to your sin, the only way that the Lord can deal with you is that, number one, you are real with the fact that you're sinning. Let's just say that. But on the other side of it, you have to agree with the redemptive nature of who Christ is. You can agree with the crappy sorrow part. But why is it that we don't agree with the redemptive nature of of what the Lord did for us in conjunction with our sin? He died on the cross for us. Do we agree with that part? Here's here, here. Let me put it like this. And this is, again, a phrase that came from my pop in our uh, Tuesday morning meetings. We want the cross. We understand the cross. But do we want the crown? See, this godly sorrow moves you from the cross to the crown. A godly sorrow that produces repentance in you moves you from a situation that is debilitating where you are getting the flesh ripped off of your body 39 times, carrying this cross up Golgotha, and then Man, I didn't think it would be this hard to get through that. Being destroyed physically for you, because for me as well, for for sometimes when I don't think correctly, he died for that. Sometimes when I'm frustrated driving down the road, someone cuts me off. There's colorful metaphors that come out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm re- I just got to be real with you guys this morning. Um, he died for those small ones, as well as the ones that continue to keep me down. All of that, I can I can identify with pain, but I want to more so agree with and identify with the fact that he walked out of the tomb three days later. That's where the power is, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't agree with that part of it, you're not going to be able to step into the power of the Lord in being redeemed, in being vindicated, in being 100% done with that part of, uh, excuse me, 100% done with sin in your life in that area. This morning, I feel like the Lord wants to get at something in you. I'm sorry if I've been all over the place preaching. Um, I didn't expect to be like this. <laughs> I mean, when do you ever expect it? But I, I want us as a body to to stop beating ourselves up. Yeah, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're going to sin Five minutes after we walk out of that door this morning. But I want you to stop spending time. Holding yourself hostage for something that he already paid for. That doesn't mean that gives us license to go sin all day long and it's just okay. That's not it. This godly sorrow moves you. To something. It moves you across the threshold. It moves you from the cross 
to the crown. It moves you from staying in the same place to letting the power of Jesus Christ move in your life. There's movement in true repentance, ladies and gentlemen. And all we're doing is looking at the word confess. <laughs> now, next week, I've got to go back and make sure that we don't skip anything in the scripture. <laughs> and probably go back over the same scriptures and see what, he's, what Nehemiah is doing. The, the, the significance of it. Um, it's just interesting that I only have 25 minutes on a Sunday morning to communicate something. <laughs> If I could keep you guys here for two hours, I would. But some of you guys are like, oh, my goodness. Thank God he doesn't do that. I want you guys to, to pray scripture. That's what we've kind of been. It's kind of something that I've been. Uh, we've been pulling out of Nehemiah. The man prays scripture. And there's serious power in that. And I want to give you scripture to go refer to so that in your prayer time in the week, you can ref- you can pray this stuff. You can say, Lord, just like the story in blah, 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 because you heard it on a Sunday morning or there was a in your quiet time, you were flipping those pages, just trying to absorb something. Let me show you how the Lord doesn't even beat you up. Here I am asking you guys to stop beating yourselves up. Okay, don't do that because you have an emotional pastor right now who... You know, can hardly put two two words together. Uh, don't stop beating yourself up because I've asked you to. I want to show you the scripture where the Lord doesn't even do that, and it's a it's severe, like a severe sin. As you know, we would say, "Oh, that sin is greater than that one." Well, the word says sin knows no value. Turn over to uh, John eight, and th- this one I don't think. Um, is I didn't give you guys this one as a cross reference so I don't know if you can pull that up but I'll just read it here John 8 and I'm going to read verses 1 through 11 and this is about the adulterous woman and it just says but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning he came again into the temple And all the people were coming to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. Verse 3, the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. And having set her in the center of the court, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What then do you say? They were saying this, testing him, so that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. I think that's funny. <laughs> but they persisted in asking him. He straightened up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And then again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Now, anytime somebody questions you, I think it would kind of be funny if we all just got down on the ground and started writing stuff. <laughs> I just get that visual. Again, don't do that because when somebody asks you, hey, why are you doing that? Well, my pastor on Sunday morning said it was okay. If In a weird situation, if I didn't have an answer, just to get down on the ground and start writing on the ground. Anyway, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they began to go out 
one by one, beginning with the older ones. And he was left alone. And here's, here's the part that I want you guys to see about how the Lord treats this. He was left alone in the woman where she was in the center of the court. Straightening up, Jesus said to her, woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? Question mark. She said, no, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go from now on and sin no more. He doesn't even condemn you. So why are we? Don't take my word for it. (laughs) Stop beating yourself up because he's not even doing it. We can agree with the Lord on how destructive sin is. But the power comes when you agree with him in his redemptive nature and what he did with sin. I'm just asking you guys this morning to not hold yourselves hostage anymore. And today can be a day where you are free from something. I'm not talking about until next week, until there's another emotional preaching and you feel led to go to the front and then, oh, it's so great. But here I am doing the very same thing that I was doing however many days ago, beating myself up the same way. Today can be the day. And I'm going to ask you guys to respond to this message this morning. Can I get the the worship team to come back up here? I think it's so fitting. You know, I don't really give the worship team all of what I'm preaching on. But the fact that we're singing this song, Break Every Chain, like that's that's the spirit making sure things are, are running and, and, and connected on a Sunday morning. Are you guys with me? I just want to make sure I'm not in left field on this one. Uh, I kind of close with just asking you a question. What are you doing? Just what are you... Is what you're doing causing you to advance in life? Or stay in the same place. Because if you want the power of Jesus this morning, there has to be agreement in his redemptive nature. It's one thing to come up to this altar this morning and feel bad about something. It doesn't mean that you have to spend time trying not to feel bad about it before you come up to the front. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. A lot of times we say, Lord, I'm going to work on my relationship with you. Why don't you go stand over there in the corner while I come over here and I, I work on it? That's not how it works. He's saying, I need you to work on this relationship with me in the room. This is like that. If you don't know how to truly repent, let him show you. You don't have to figure that out before you come up here. Simply let the Lord do something to your heart where you're just willing. 
That's it. He's all. He's only asking you to be willing this morning. And it may hurt. I have like three tissues up here. I'll give them away. You may cry your eyes out. But what I'm saying is, ladies and gentlemen, don't miss out on this one. Don't miss out on this one. This is not a Sunday morning thing. This is an everyday thing. You guys can come up here. So here's what I want to do is we is we pass this this offering around. I'm gonna be quiet. And what I want is for you to just let the Lord speak to you. Just for a minute or so. Just let him do something. And then I'm gonna open up the altar, open up the altar. And we're going to see what the Spirit wants to do this morning. So, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless this offering. And, Lord, that you would just uh, do something in us this, this morning, Lord. We want to use these resources to bless you and to uh, reach the city of Fort Collins. That's our whole goal. <laughs> to save the lost and reach the unchurched. So, Lord, I pray that you would bless this offering so that we can bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can pass that. So just take a second. Just let him speak. stand to our feet if there's something that you need to agree with God on the destructive nature of the sin that you're allowing to continue in your life then that altar is for you but when you get up there and even before you go up there you gotta agree you want the power of Jesus this morning you got to agree with his redemptive nature as well. He overcame that sin that is coming after you. He overcame that addiction. He already did that. He paid for it. He paid for all of it. Ladies and gentlemen, all of it. So this altar is going to be open for a little bit. Leaders, I just ask you if somebody is highlighted to you. Go up and pray for him. Congregation as well. If the Lord is highlighting somebody to you, maybe the, he has since you walked in here. Go pray for that person. Just don't miss out on it this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would create an atmosphere of love and of safety in this time. That it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be. But Lord, once that thing is let go of, you rush in, you step in, and that's what we need. Because we've we've seen up until this point that everything else fails. Everything that's not you fails. It fails. It always has. It always will. So we choose you this morning, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus.
Every chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Cause there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. So break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. So break every chain, break every chain, break every Yes, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're doing this morning, Lord. There's, there's, there's power. <laughs> there's power in the name of Jesus. Agreeing with the name of Jesus. Agreeing with what you did. Heavenly Father, we want to see it from that perspective. Lord, we no longer want to beat ourselves up. We no longer want to hold ourselves hostage. And Lord, we know that in this moment, we're still doing it. And so I'm... Uh, I'm going to I'm going to challenge you this morning church. If there's something that you are still hanging on to that you know needs to be confessed, simply just come up here because God wants this this God is breaking things up here this morning. If you want to step into that, just come forward and I'll pray for you. Come forward and we'll have the, the leadership pray for you. But if, if, if you would just be willing this morning, just be willing to come up to the front and get prayer. That's all I'm asking. That's all I feel like the Lord is asking me to do. To lead you in this. We're going to continue to sing this song. But healing is going to take place this morning. Healing is taking place this morning. If you want to step into that, I'm going to ask you right now just to come forward and I'll pray for you. We'll get after this. We'll break these chains. We'll knock these walls down. But come forward, church, in Jesus' name. Come on, Father. Yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Because there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. So break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. So 
Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing. Lord, we know that it's because of you that we are able, we're even able to breathe. It's because of you we were even able to get up this morning, Heavenly Father. So, Lord, I pray that we can take this word and apply it. We can take this word and it moves us to true repentance, to a godly sorrow, Lord. To where we even see in your word that you don't condemn us. You condemn sin. But, Lord, you love your child. You love your children. It's not by power or might, but it's by your spirit that we are successful, that we move forward. Heavenly Father, I pray that we take that from here today and we go do something with it. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, you're free to go. If you need healing, if you need prayer for something, come up to the front. But you are free to go at this moment. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain.